Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages. Thank you for coming to the most wonderful show in the universe. You've reached the First Amendment talk show brought to you by the people for the people. My name is Ace. I am your host, and it is an honor to be here today. Today, we have a very special topic. Um, this is for all you parents out there and parent and individuals who are planning to be parents. Uh, we're going to talk about the public schools, the pros and cons of public schools, elementary school, junior high, you name it. Um, I couldn't do this alone, so I did bring in a guest that we've had in prior episodes uh, that goes by the name of Yadira. Yadira, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back. Awesome. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming in. Um, we really do appreciate all the input and all the knowledge that you usually give to us, and um, we wouldn't have it any other way. So when we talk about the um, the public schools and what's going on right now, um, would you say there's a bit of an issue with the uh, the curriculum in the public schools at the moment? I would say that um, I do have certain, there are pros and cons to our education system, but I feel like the, the standards that the both at the federal and the state level are not, are not helping us succeed and not just succeed, but excel at life. Uh, I feel like it's more like, um, it's minimizing the, the learning or it's not making effective decisions that help our children excel in life by, I don't know, just feeling like they have some sort of power. Cause when you learn in a public school, you're not taught to be confident, to make good decisions based on what you know the consequences may be. Uh, also being humble enough to, um, to let others take charge because you are secure enough you that and you trust your team. It's, I feel like for the public school to focus on things like one of the memes that I hear all the time, people saying, I don't know how to do my taxes, but I know what the, the mitochondria is. It's useless <laughs> knowledge and it's not really teaching things that we should come out of school knowing. If you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people um, would agree with you uh, when it comes to. Uh, the specifics on each uh, each child so what would you say your uh what would you say would be a good a good um a good solution to that uh well i definitely feel like like parents should be able to be more involved in in the snuff standards but in the school policies um maybe even choosing standards because as parents we want our children to succeed so we're not going to set up our kids to fail and I feel certain programs now are not helping children both um, test the limits um, being being able to absorb information effectively it's all because these standards are they're not targeted at the individual growth of each child. They're more that we want to get as much kids through the door as possible because I feel like it's all about money. Like the federal income that comes with the children passing standards and the reputation of the school, of course, it only dumbs down the curriculum. Okay. It's, it's a pretty controversial, controversial thought. But if I want my child to go to school, I want her to be taught the best she can be, not mediocrely be the same as everyone else. Right. So would you say when it comes to uh, the public education of today, um, obviously there's a, there's a lot of parents. I don't know if uh, you know, you've seen the news lately, but there's a lot of parents going against the uh, school boards because of that reason and other reasons that um, individuals have come up to me and talked to me about 
have been um, that the district uh, wants to take charge on teaching our kids what parents should be um, teaching them. Now, I'm not too sure if that's an actual issue, uh, you know, teachers trying to teach our children things that we're supposed to teach them. Um, however, I, do, I would agree that there is a lot of a lot of weird things going on in schools that shouldn't be happening. Um, would you say that this this law that LGBTQ is trying to, you know, that's pretty much angry about um, when it comes to teaching children in kindergarten about sexuality? Do you think that would be one of one of the uh, the cons in this in this uh, in this uh, topic? Well, that is a very touchy issue because I'm gonna tell you just. Just as an example, as, uh, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of, like, kid trafficking right now, and a lot of things are surfacing, and honestly, I feel like children aren't safe anymore. So, when they go to school, and they're taught, I would say it'd be okay to teach our kids, our young kids, anatomically correct body parts. Um, so that if anything happens to them, they're not, they're able to understand uh, what, not necessarily what happened, but what they need to say. This happened to me because they pushed me here or, or something like that. So I'm making myself clear. But yeah, um, there's a certain extent. Like, we can't go after, like, we can't pass this thin line because it's too much they're still young and impressionable so i feel like only appropriately talk to them about sexuality and i but like i said before i think it has to start with young children knowing anatomically correct body parts for whatever reason for their safety because it's it's okay to know your own body parts but i don't feel like we should teach them about sex or um, what really makes you fall in love with someone, you know, stuff like that. I think that's meant for much more mature people. Right. I I would definitely agree with that one. Um, I do believe that the whole uh, the whole sexuality part of it, um, the the way they they talk about it, at least the way the uh, LGBTQ community brings it up. I think that should be left for uh, no less than junior high. I mean, I would even say high school, but um, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy. So that's, that's what I think. I do believe that um, parents should do the parenting. And if they can't do the parenting, um, you know, let somebody know so they can do, so somebody else can do the parenting for them. There is a lot of stuff going on right now with the parents and uh, parents really don't know um, how to teach kids um, the um, I don't want to say the good way, you know, to teach a kid because everyone parents differently. But I want to say at least the uh, the fundamentals of what makes a human, which is, you know, honor, honesty, respect, love, uh, the pursuit of happiness, uh, regard not regardless of how you obtain it, but as long as um you're not hurting others. That's always a, a must. Um, also to live life and, you know, to live life and not just, not just see things through a one dimensional um, lane, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely agree with you while we, when it comes to teaching kids um, in school, maybe we are teaching them uh, the wrong things. Um, so when it comes to that, what are some of the things that you believe we uh, are pretty much um, irrelevant when it comes to the growth and development of children in, in elementary school, at least? Uh, in elementary school, I really don't feel like um, sex should be a thing. Instead, it should be um, like maybe through science, through a science class, you um, know the anatomy of, of a, a male body and a, and a female body that would be like a junior high but not really sex ed that's a little too, I feel like that's a little too early 
but I also knew people that were very sexually active um, in middle school, which I felt like it was a little too early even for me as a middle schooler. But everyone's different. Everyone feels different. So I really don't know how I feel about senior high kids having um, I feel like a lot of um, schools should focus like on the sciences and on math, making sure that they're that they correct the standards to um, to provide equity, not necessarily equality to um, to each to each child. Everyone has a different way of learning and I don't feel like, getting the, the whole policy of getting as much kids to the door is helping all of our children and in the long run it only makes our country weaker when we cheat our people from knowledge and education right so like if you had if you had a list of you know if you were let's say you were a teacher right you were trying to teach your um i don't know your kids or your students or whatever the case may be well, your students, not your kids, but your students uh, about something that you believe that is going to be you as an adult is very important in life. So life won't eat them up and destroy them. Right. Um, if you had, uh, let's say, five, you know, top five or your top list of subjects or things that you can teach children in elementary, what which would they be? In elementary school, I really feel like um, the fundamentals of math and language is super important to make eloquent human beings. To also to make to have to have people know how to make sense and think logic. Math is always going to teach logic at a very young age, while language makes um, very um, uh, not, I don't, not very uh, sound sounding people if you, if I can't get to where I'm going yeah um, social science I also feel would be very important teaching your child um, not necessarily basic manners but uh, the effects of how we act towards the world so, like, picking up trash, a random act of kindness, uh, what it is to love one another and inspire, um, inspire each other instead of breaking down, uh, breaking your peers down, or um, basically just being a decent human being. Right. Like, how that affects the world. Like, let's say if you throw your trash on the floor, it not just affects you, it affects your neighborhood, the way it's presented the world you're adding another piece of trash to the pollution and basically teaching children the consequences of their actions right yeah that sounds that, like a good curriculum right there i feel every child every child should have an opportunity to learn kindness because not all parents teach their children kindness i feel like that's a very underrated uh, characteristic to have. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So um, those are those are the uh, the top the top um, subjects that would would be taught in uh, in your school, right? If you had if you were a teacher. So I feel like that would be the top three. Yeah. I also am a very strong believer. Um, I encourage science and any type of STEM. Um, STEM curriculum, I really feel like it inspires children to do more. Uh, and I think the fifth one definitely has to be um, like time outside to play. I love having kids just explore nature. They learn things without even needing to teach them you know, how, how life works. Um, insects living amongst plants and they they control pests you know they kind of just pick up little things here and there and that's with you not even trying so a time outside is super important i feel like our children nowadays are not getting enough of that 
and they're with their lives already set, uh, saturated with electronics and social media and screens, I feel like outside time should be prioritized in every school. And that's including in high school. Okay. That's cool. So kind of like a, like a PE on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Just letting, just letting the kids go, go wild and free. So if you ever do open up your, uh, your school, um, please let me be the, uh, the teacher for the adventure class, because that's, uh, that's my special, 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 whatever. That's what I specialize in. Um, so, Right now, um, a lot of parents are pretty concerned about a lot of things that are going on, right? Uh, the whole, um, what's that uh, thing they're trying to teach about race, right? Um, the, the the racial theory, the, I forgot what exactly what it's called, but it's basically like um, a, um, a racial thing, right? So a lot of, a lot of individuals, I've spoke to a lot of individuals about this, uh, this subject when it comes to race, when it comes to culture, when it comes to backgrounds. Um, me personally, I believe it's a double-edged sword, right? I could be wrong. Um, and this question is for, for you and everyone out there. Um, if you guys want to chime in, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor. We're on YouTube, First Amendment Talk Show, or First Amendment Talk Show on Facebook and on Gmail, No Limit Minds uh, on Gmail. No limit minds at gmail.com. Uh, also, a YouTube page, First Amendment Talk Show on YouTube, which we just opened up, and you can catch us there as well. If you have any comments, if you have any questions, answers, anything at all, please let us know. Join the conversation and um, let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, so, when it comes to this double edged sword, right? Uh, language is a beautiful thing, culture is a beautiful thing, race is a beautiful thing unless you use it otherwise. And it's very easy, obviously, to use it otherwise, because when somebody tells a child that he is not a good person because of what white people have done in the past, that child becomes confused. And he has the word white written all over him because he is, uh, he is now considered a color. When it comes to, um, I know in the past we spoke about racial, or uh, was it racial appropriation? Is that what it was called? Yes. Okay, so it was, uh, or cultural, right? Cultural yeah, appropriation? Cultural yes. Yeah, yeah, so, um, a lot of people separated by race. Yes. Not only that, but if you also, not so much anymore, but before people would separate each other by accents and languages. So if you don't speak my language, you don't belong in America, right? Um, if you have um, if you have an accent, whether it's Asian, whether it's Hispanic, Latin American, whatever, um, before you were seen as um, pretty much a not a peasant, but close to it. Now, so that so that's the thing that I want to bring up. It's a double edged sword to me. I think language can be a beautiful thing. I think anything can be a beautiful thing if you if we use it properly, but we don't. So what are your thoughts about this whole uh, this whole curriculum, right? When, when it comes to teaching our children about being black and being white and being so and so and such and such a color, um, instead of, would you say it's a good idea to teach that? Or would you say otherwise and maybe throw in uh, teaching kids how to be humans? Just because... Um, they're trying to do something good. And just like you said, it it's a double-edged sword because they're, because they're trying to do something good, but this can have really bad consequences if it is not taught right. Honestly, personally, this is my opinion, I feel like a class with, about race is not what they should be focusing on. Instead, they should be focusing on making sure that all of their schools are equal and that from a very young age they teach kindness towards kindness towards other people i don't feel like a lot of schools teach kindness towards their peers they they'll, they'll say that they do encourage that but when it really comes to it they won't do anything for um 
for the troubles of the students. They don't care about how they treat them. They, in the end, they just want to do, uh, they just want to collect that federal check and they just they want to get us the best stats for their school as possible. Right. For, regarding race, I really feel like we should focus on instead teaching the different cultures around the world because even though we come from different places and have different customs, that does not divide us as a human race. And that's what they're teaching. They're teaching the separation of the human race by color, not right. by culture. So would you say would you say in a perfect world, um, a lot of this racist and racism that's uh, supposedly going on a lot of times there's a gray area and people uh, do cry wolf. Um, but it's not every case. In some cases there is true racism. Would you say that in a perfect world um, in a, in a different dimension, if this doesn't, if this didn't never existed, right. The whole, you know, you're black and I'm white, you're Brown and you know, he's, I don't know, Asian or yellow or whatever, you know, whatever, however they divide um, each other by color, by by culture, by language. Um, would you say in a perfect world where everyone spoke the same language, um, everyone obviously came in different pigmentations like we do now, but you know we didn't consider ourselves black or white, um, and the culture was pretty much um, depending. It would depend on the individual, you know. Like for example. I would have my own personality, my own character, the way I do things, and that would be my culture, right? Would you say that would be a, a better a better world than the one of uh, appreciating slash dividing each other by race and culture? Or would you say it's uh, it would be too black and white or too uh, one-dimensional? I feel like... I feel like I encourage the, the thought of teaching children culture, that, that what separates us is um, geography. Uh, and, this, and these different geographies call for different customs, which is what creates a culture. So all that kind of, I feel like it should be taught in this, in this one central class about culture because it explains what is culture and how it starts and the children learn that there is no separation between us except for a couple mountains, not necessarily us as a humanity. And these and these mountains created just a slightly darker, slightly lighter people because of the separation. Being in the mountains means less sunlight, so you're bound to have lighter skin in order to more efficiently absorb uh, sunlight because the sunlight there is rare while at the bottom of the mountain it's sunnier um, so um, the person might be just slightly darker because there is enough sun down, sun down there for them to be able to absorb it it's, right. there's a there's like it's science for everything it's basically there is a certain pattern that took place and because of these patterns we were separated and I don't feel like teaching children that they have a color is going to be an effective way of educating everyone that even though we're, we are a little darker than others, that we're different. Right. So would you say um, if, we, if we had a choice, right, if we had a choice to continue what we're doing now, or go to this uh, hypothetical world that I, I told you about, which one would you say would do a better as uh, obviously as mankind, right? Because we're still, whether we consider ourselves different colors, different sizes, different shapes, different genders, we're still, you know, part of humankind, right? Um, but which world do you think would be more successful when it comes to the unity and working together as, um, as humans? I feel like teaching the children that there is no separation among them would call for a better world because that would leave room for other things between nations, especially. Because of the 
thought that um, there are colors and that there are separations between the colors. There have been wars waged uh, everywhere here in the U.S., in Europe, in in all in all continents, all seven continents. There's been wars, some kind of battle over over who's more worthy to take this land or who's more worthy to be on top of each other. It's all because people see color and solid difference between each other. When in reality, they didn't, I feel like they could have taught each other. And that's how you make a better world. By right. Teaching, by teaching what, teaching what you don't know and learning what you don't know. Nice, nice. That's a, that's a good way of thinking. So when it comes, I wanted to bring this up um, for all you folks out there. Uh, let me know if you're a parent and you're struggling. If you're a parent, you need you need help when it comes to uh, the beast. Um, I uh, I I do agree with you when it comes to the the trying to handle our children in a way that schools shouldn't. Um, but the, I don't know if you heard about this, but a, a little while ago, I guess um, the presidential administration actually had a uh, one of their groups, uh, right, terrorist groups, um, do surveillance and pretty much monitor parents out there who they believe were hostile. Now, the whole thing with this situation was that this this group that they had monitor the parents that were angry that their kids were being taught things that they shouldn't be taught, right, division, racism, and this and that in a very low-key sort of way, Um so parents, you know, stepped up. Obviously, I've never, to be honest with you, I've never seen and I don't think I'll ever see a more fierce individual than the parent that's trying to protect their child. It's kind of like Mama Bear, right? Mama Bear doesn't care if she gets killed by a shotgun. She's going to protect her cubs. That's how most parents or not, not most, but that's how a lot of parents are nowadays. And I would I wouldn't have any any other way. Those are what I call good parents. So my thing is or my question is. Do you think it was fair? Um, do you think it was justified to pretty much target parents by a group that was originally created in 9-11 um, to pretty much monitor and do surveillance on Afghanistan? To me, that's ridiculous. What the... I feel like the education system should really learn to listen, not necessarily, not all parents, some of them are pretty ridiculous, but most parents, they, they, all they want is to protect their child, and if they feel like there is something that they should not be learning, and that's for the majority of parents, it should not be taught in school, especially when it comes to something personal, something that, that the parents should be teaching, or that they should, for example, we're talking about sexuality and sex and in the end one of the things that they teach you is what gender is and now there's more gender listed under um under gender and every job application you you do is either uh male female or um, unbinary or even unspecified which to me, I don't feel like school should be teaching that. If a parent wants to teach their children that, that's fine. Um, but I feel like the child should be able to come to that conclusion, conclusion on their own when they start wondering what their sexuality is, if if they do understand. You know, right. I'm not going to control everyone, and everyone's entitled to live their life. So if they choose to be something else, I want. For example, if I had kids, I would want my kids to be able to make that decision without being influenced because of what she feels is right, regardless of what anyone says. I just don't don't want them to be hearing from it in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you say that there's uh, there's something odd when it comes to the push of you know this whole sexuality thing when it comes to public schools? I do think it's weird. Like, why are they trying so hard to um, to give our children this information? Like, I was reading an article about 
um, that they want some parents, not some parents, a group of people that were trying to encourage, um, trying to encourage the toddler sexuality uh, for all for all high school students. They were talking about also including things like blood play and what anal was. Yeah. So to me, that that's uncomfortable. I don't. I don't want my child to to hear that from from a. I don't know how to explain it. From people they don't trust, you know, like they wouldn't. From a different source. Yes. A different oh. source other than their their parents, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that's something that a lot of people would agree. I mean, we're parents for a reason. One of the things that parents don't like is when other people parent their children in a, di- a very different way because we've all been raised differently, right? Um, so that's one of the, uh, the things that have been brought up to me when it comes to stuff like that. I know a few individuals asked, actually asked me some questions. So I wanted to bring those questions up in the show. Um, so if you folks, if you, anybody out there, if any of you folks out there have any questions or answers when it comes to this question, please let me know, chime in. Um, your mind is always welcome, but the question is, um, when it comes to transsexual athletes, uh, which, like I said, they're pushing this whole, you know, acceptance of you can be whoever you want, um, which, you know, it's, it doesn't affect me. But in the future, I feel like it will affect our children everywhere, especially our little girls when they work their whole lives to be swimmers, to be golfers, to be basketball players, to be maybe even football players in the future. Right. Women that play their own league of football. I mean, it's not going to be as Obviously, it's hard hitting as a super, you know, super Superman and Hulk uh, NFL, but um, that could be possible. You know, women playing a league of of uh, a smaller version of NFL, just like the WNBA and the NBA. Um, so there was a few stories, especially with one of the swimmers that uh, was a, I believe it was transsexual. It was a man. Her name's uh, Leah Thompson, I believe, um, that beat the women the young ladies in swimming by a lot she was recently beat um by an actual uh female that was born a female recently but a lot of people were outraged because as a father at least um these individuals were fathers and you know they were enraged because that means that if men feel like they're not good enough to compete with men they're gonna pretty much just bring up the, the whole um, transitioning card and just beat every female they can, right? That's happened in the UFC. Um, the female that was once a male, you know, fought in the UFC in the female division. And I call that domestic violence because these females, they got beat up, you know? So how do you, how do you feel about that whole situation when it comes to the whole push of transitioning and the causes that come after that? Uh, to me, that's unfair because um, genetically, a man is going to have different abilities than a woman, which is why in in the first place, we have the separation of gender uh, for sports, especially um, national sports, like, the, like you said, the Olympics, the, um, the M- NBA, the WNBA, the UFC, like everything has its separation. Because a man and a woman fighting in against each other is not fair odds at all, regardless of weight or stature. A man um, it generally has more physical advantages than a woman. There's pros and cons to everything, but they should they're not on the same level to be fighting against each other. So when you put a trans uh, woman in the women's division, that you're basically, that that person's body may be transitioning into a female body, but it was born with the genetic advantages of a male body. So I don't feel like that should be allowed. In fact, I would be okay with them opening um like another another league for transgender maybe that would be okay 
but I don't feel like they should be hosting each other. Right. Yeah, that's never a good outcome. Um, so there's there was a person that came up to me and asked me. They gave me a little bit of uh, a little bit of an insight when it comes to stuff like that, and, and I, an idea that he pitched at me. I don't. Uh, I don't. Just. I do bring in every idea, you know, that people, people, uh, people put on the table. I, I bring it in and I think about it and I, you know, do the whole pro and con things. I analyze it. Um, I don't agree or disagree necessarily, but I always bring them in. And one of the ideas was, um, when you are transgender, um, obviously you can be whoever you want to be, but when it comes to being transgender within a society, that has logical to some people's um in some people's minds it's logical man and a man's a man and a woman's a woman right when it comes to trans the transgender community it's a very small percentage of individuals um so if you do want to he, he 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 made it clear that you know the whole homophobic thing is not a thing with him but it is something that's going to hurt not only the the people transitioning but the younger kids in the long run so there should be um he did state that there should be some sort of um, some give and take, right? So if you were trying to transition from a man to a woman, you should not um, be eligible to play sports in a female in a female league just because you're trying to transition. Um, that is a very uh, a very touchy feely subject because obviously when they're trying to transition, from what I know, um, they are trying to become women when it comes to men mm -hmm. however my thing is my question to all of you out there and um, you as well how do you how do you know what a woman is and how do you transition to a woman if i've actually asked women what a woman is and most of them these are women don't really have a straight answer to what a woman is so how do men transitioning from men to women know that they're transitioning from men to women how does that work that's a, that's a really good question and uh from my perspective i don't feel like uh, not a lot of people would probably agree with me especially within this community uh i don't feel like you can ever truly be a woman born a woman because every it's it's I don't know how to explain it you just can't <laughs> you can't explain it I right yeah I can't explain it for the same reason that I can't transition into being a man oh, I probably will never be a true man right. I do feel like there may be some people that feel a little too feminine or a little too masculine and there are people like that out there, like, you know, what I guess what the stereotypical name for, let's say, a female that feels more masculine would be like a dyke, right? Right. And I feel like there, it's totally okay for a man to feel more feminine. But to change your body so drastically to be the undergender is, I feel, a little too much. Right. And see, that's another that's another thing that actually um, has to do a lot with I, with with the question I just asked. So being um, being uh, feminine. Right. What is being feminine? Because a lot of people say, you know, it's taking care of yourself, you know, putting on some makeup, being fragile. Obviously, a lot of women nowadays, they don't believe in being fragile. They believe in being strong and independent. Now, does that make them not feminine? Or does that just make them something different? That's the question. You're trying to realize like a stereotype, right? Right, right. And so I think that's what pretty much... Right, that's pretty much what's going around right now. And that's why the whole question came up of what is a woman? You know, I don't think we can ever identify what a woman is um even if we try to put a bunch of women in a group i'm pretty sure not all of them are going to be in the same level of uh being feminine and even then being feminine i believe is uh, a lot of it has to do with an opinion right um a lot of it 
women carry themselves in different ways. So trying to explain what a woman is and what feminine is, what a man is and what, you know, being must, uh, you know, being an actual alpha male is, um, I think that varies, right? I think that varies when it comes to uh, specifically, let's say, for example, men, when you have a, a manly man, right? Like, what do you have? Do you have a bearded guy, a very hairy dude that's, you know, tall and handsome and, you know, with muscles? Um, is that what it is? What if this same, you know, manly man just beat the heck out of his wife every day? He'd come home, right? And hated women. And, you know, he just didn't like working. Because obviously stereotypes, some stereotypes say that, you know, that a manly man works. So what is a manly man? What is a feminine woman, right? That's the big question. Would you say that that's, uh, that's pretty much uh, one of the questions that's been thrown around? Or do you think people just depict men and women just by, by body parts and whatever, you know, whatever comes next? You know, that could totally be possible. Um... Maybe just simply having the body parts make you a woman. But I also feel like it's not... I feel like most of the um, trans people I know and that I have had experience with, they don't... Just because their body means female, um, they seem to also change their... Like, the way they carry themselves and the way they speak, whether it's a little higher or a little lower... I mean, there is um, hormone therapy, so I can't really speak for every situation. But I don't, I don't feel like they stay the same. You know, they, their person, their output also changes, um, kind of to affect or to make their look effective. If you understand what I mean. Right, but effective to what? Effective to a certain female they've seen in the past, so they try to be that female. Maybe uh, a child was uh, close to mommy and now the boy wants to be like mommy. Is that what the case is? Or is, are like, are people transitioning really? Were they really born in a different body or were, are they just biased towards something they've witnessed in the past? You know, that's, that's a million dollar question. And like I said, every situation is different. And I bet there's, there are genuine people out there who, really felt like they were born in a completely different body from the, from the beginning. I am not going to judge anyone. And I also want people to know that I'm, I'm definitely okay with people feeling that way. Right. But there's also the people that, that claim to be transitioning, like you said, to get into sports. And, and to actually win because they couldn't they couldn't compete very well in their in their previously gendered sport. There's there's for everything there's I don't want to say fakers but there's people who take it to an extreme that makes others look bad, and there's people who actually mean that they feel so different in their body. Right. I've actually had that experience, not not feeling like a female, but, you know, feeling like a uh, a zombie every once in a while after drinking three monsters, doing overnights, 12 hours a night. However, I am not a zombie. I am still human. Ladies and gentlemen, do not be alarmed. Do not call 911. I'm still human. Now, when it comes to people believing um, when it comes to people believing that they are who they want to be, I do agree with you, you know, to each their own. Um, I've known people that have transitioned into being reptiles for some reason. I don't know why. I don't ask. Um, but this man was all over television, and he did look pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, you know, I think that whole uh, idea of who we are is basically our version of our own world. Because like I always say, it is our story. We control our story however we'd like, and nobody should judge us. However, like I said, it is a double-edged sword because when it comes to society, um, there's a million worlds in one planet, not just one. And when children start seeing stuff like that, they want to become someone that they otherwise wouldn't be if they uh, see it everywhere and they're being taught that they can be, you know, they can be rodents or dolphins or whatever the case may be instead of trying to live a very hard life, but a very fair and rewarding life at the end of the day. 
So the question is, is it, is it okay um, to express all that sexuality stuff? Um, that is a big question for all of you out there to express sexuality and to teach kids about sexuality in public schools, to teach them about, you know, they can be whoever they want instead of the traditional way, which, you know, uh, parents would tell boys that they're boys and they would pretty much raise them to be boys and uh, girls are girls and they'd raise them to be girls. And if they got out of line, obviously the parents would let them know. Trust me, I know I lived during those times. And um, that is a big question for everyone out there. What is uh, what is healthier in society, not in the individual? Of course, individuals can do whatever they want. But within society, what is a healthier way for society to progress in a very humane sort of way? Um, so if you have any answers, questions, let us know. And uh, we do have a, a, a bit of time left. So... Um, if there's anything else you want to let us know about, you know, the public schools and how we're teaching our kids in a good way, in a bad way, all that good stuff, um, let us know. The floor is yours. Well, one thing I want to leave the audience with today is to be an advocate for children. That is so important. Uh, not, not every parent is completely involved in their child's school life. I feel like the children really do need space, especially like in junior and high school. Um, they need a lot of space to, to become their own people, to develop a personality, to gain confidence, and, and, and just really learn about themselves. But as parents, we need to be active in our child's education in order to be able to to vote for bills that affect our children or to make sure that our schools are treating everyone fairly. Um, also, for just for the heck of it, child trafficking, you know, make people aware of what's happening around them, uh, educating the masses. Everything really helps to keep our children safe, anything to advocate for their um, better living, for their education. It just really, we have to protect the future of our world. And it starts with our children. We have to instill uh, kindness um, that we are one as, uh, as a human society, but we have differences that make us special. And we really got to give it back to the, you know, fight the man on anything that we feel is not appropriate for our children. I definitely do agree. I do agree. I believe a lot of parents would agree to that. Um, it is a very, it is a very, uh, you know, tedious subject when it comes to the individual, um, you know, especially when it comes to the whole uh, LGBTQ transitioning and this and that. Um, I know, you know, LGBT community, they're proud of their little community. And I mean, I don't blame them. I'm, I'm, I'm all for, you know, believing in something. Um, however, I do believe that the whole sexuality thing, and that's just me, ladies and gentlemen, the whole sexuality thing should be kept between you and whoever you're with. Um, when it comes to, I may be wrong, and a lot of you may disagree with me on this, but when it comes to these parades where there's, um, you know, people, men walking with, uh, what do they call them? Assless chaps walking around and, you know, being proud of being gay and, and just shouting it out and stuff. I don't think that's necessary. I think if you're proud of who you are, you know it. You don't have to let the world know. Um, so when it comes to the whole sexuality thing, I I I uh, I uh, have a lot of, you know, friends that are that are gay. Um, I have a few, a couple of them that are, you know, lesbian, but bisexual, obviously. But and, you know, we're friends. That really doesn't affect me in any way, and it shouldn't affect anybody. However, when it comes to actually throwing it out there where kids that are pretty much already confused about what's going on in life. I was a kid. Trust me, I know. I was like, you know, what the hell's going on every time I'd wake up? Um, I think we should cut that down a little bit. Um, I, again, I could be wrong, you know, to each their own. But I do believe that the whole sexuality thing should be kept behind closed doors um and to each person you know 
whatever you do behind closed doors, that's your business. I tell my friends that aren't straight that all the time. As long as you don't come near me with your uh, with your ideas, you know, we mess around. I tell them if you don't come around with your ideas, you know, don't get any no monkey business and we'll still be friends. Right. Um, we laugh about it. You know, that's the world. That's the way the world should work. Um, nobody throwing the the uh, homophobic card just because you you mess around with them. Um, but people should know their boundaries, you know, whether you're in the LGBT community or not. I mean, the LGBT community is is nothing far-fetched and is nothing special. It's, it's just like us. You know, we're all humans. So there are no um, no rewards for being um, in the LGBT community. So therefore, uh, whatever you are, um, we must keep it to ourselves because a lot of people may not like what we say. A lot of people may not like what we do. We do have to respect it, but you also have to take into consideration that are, there's children out there that um don't know who to follow and every single kid i guarantee you every single kid is looking for for their hero for somebody to look up to whether it's their friends whether it's their parents whether it's their brother sister big brother big sister or you know a, a person that is in the lgbt community so we do have to be um we do have to be careful when it comes to stuff like that i do agree with you children are our future children are um pretty much why i i I uh, wake up happy knowing that there's going to be a future, right? Uh, because there's still a lot of children out there who have a lot of potential. Um, so if if that's that's something that I want to leave you all with, um, take care of your children. Um, I know we all have different ways of parenting, but the bottom line is if you want to be the best parent that you can be, teach your, care, teach your, teach your, your children to be the best um, individuals in a world where there's billions of individuals, teach them to be the best, um, teach them to not only be the best in the household, not only to be the best within themselves, but to in the, in the, in their future, be the best when it comes to society. And I guarantee you, they will bloom to be very, very successful, very successful people. At the same time, you teach them respect, uh, because competition without respect is war and we do not want that. Um, so with that, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, you, again, you can reach us in Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor. Um, you can reach us First Amendment Talk Show on Facebook, YouTube, First Amendment Talk Show, and also on Gmail, No Limit Minds with a Z dot com or at, at Gmail dot com. Don't forget the Gmail. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. This has been the First Amendment Talk Show with my very awesome. I uh, guess Yadira again thank you for coming in it is always a pleasure to have you here you're a very smart person and you um you let people know what uh things that we didn't know right and for those that did know and uh, didn't want to talk about it hopefully they they come into the show and we all talk together so again thank you for coming in um I know we're going to chat again this has been a, an awesome chat and a very productive chat when it comes to our future um so with that being said ladies and gentlemen thank you all for coming and remember love respect and question everything because if you don't question you'll never get to the truth and uh if you do love and respect obviously you'll have a wonderful day and with that being said thank you all for coming god bless and take care goodbye